Now here is the great, great secret of effectual prayer. Listen carefully. The prayer that gets to heaven starts in heaven. I believe God wants to shake this old country one more time with heaven-sent revival. That's what God wants to do. There also has to be the other side of the coin, our responsibility to share that life-changing message with those around us. There's something in the nature of God that wants His love to be shared with other people. Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast exploring the ins and outs of church revitalization with your hosts, Matt Hensley and Kyle Behrman. This podcast is sponsored in part by the Christian Standard Bible. We encourage you to check out the CSB after the show to learn about a translation that is both readable and accurate at csbible.com. Hey, Kyle, good morning, sunshine, or, or afternoon, if you're listening in, or, or evening, wherever this finds you. How, how are you doing, Kyle? You doing okay? I, I am. I'm fantastic, Matt. I, is... I've never, I never thought I would see you so much, and I never want to again. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm praying that the pandemic ends, because uh, the, the amount of time this takes up to upload and, and so forth uh, is, is increasing because we've got four kids that have to do all of their schoolwork online and using Wi-Fi. And uh, so it's like this constant chorus in our house is, is dad uploading something? Uh, because I usually am. I've been uploading since 6 a.m. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, I, I thought, um, you know, a couple of years ago, it was, uh, what, what convention was that? Was that? That, that would have been Dallas. Dallas. We found a, uh, a gentleman there named Michael Kreiner, and he came on the show. We were, we were growing. The podcast was growing. We had more and more people listening in every week. Uh, we, we had a, a moment there where Kyle had put our name in front of thousands of people when he stood before Dr. Russell Moore and uh, waxed eloquently about how much he loved him and yada, 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 and then failed to ask a question. And, but of course he had introduced himself as Kyle Bierman, co-host of Not Another Baptist podcast. And so we got a little push there. We had been on the stage, the CP stage. So we got a little push there. And so we had all of this interest coming in to the podcast and then we released it and it kind of fizzled. It was with Dr. Michael Kreiner, and it wasn't his fault. He had some great things to, to share about Bluebell and about Belleville, uh, but a lot has changed since then. Uh, he, he left uh, the land of the fallen tree and uh, moved and is now the pastor of Rock Hill uh, Baptist in uh, Texas somewhere. I never can remember the town. Is Tyler Cam? What is it? Chandler? Remind me. It's, Are you going to uh, talk? Brownsboro, You're just going to sit there all day? Brownsboro, You're just going to watch us? Am I allowed to talk? Well, You're allowed to talk. I, I, I thought I was, I didn't know what, well, I don't know what I was supposed to do. Yeah, uh, you just Chandler, stand there and look pretty. Okay, yeah, gotcha. That's, that's, which is normal. Which is normal. Well, we're, we're giving you another chance today 
because it wasn't it wasn't your fault. Potomatic had died a terrible death that day, and uh, when we kind of needed it the most. And uh, so we are coming back with Dr. Michael Greiner. Uh, when when you listen to this in a couple of days, there will be a combined episode with him and Dr. Madison, Madison Grace. Uh, from our knuckleheads in isolation drinking black coffee. But we thought we'd bring them back because he had a lot of great things to say, a lot of great insight in pastoring during this pandemic time. And uh, that that sounds like it could be a great band, Pastors in Pandemic or something. I don't know. But Kyle, uh, one of the things he talked about in our coffee chat was how the medium has changed, but the mission and, of course, the message uh, has has not changed, and uh, and so I thought it would be good for our listeners to to let him unpack that a little more. And uh, so so Michael Kreiner, the floor is yours, and you don't even have to ask a question. But the the spotlight is on you, the uh, the the camera is rolling, the uh, microphone is hot. Let us know what kind of you're leading your staff to with this whole uh, medium is changing, but the message and the mission has stayed the same. Yeah, so I appreciate the invitation to be back on to maybe do a redemption pod. Uh, maybe that's what this is. It's my redemption podcast. But, yeah. um, I'm grateful. You know, in, in this season, uh, it was a reminder for our staff. You know, I, I think one of the things, if you're a, a lead pastor or a senior pastor, you have to remember that you also have to lead your staff because there was some genuine fear around the table of, of what could be or what could not be. And so I had to really demonstrate leadership to our staff and they've acknowledged that it's not like I'm like, that's a surprise to them, but, but I, I just tried to share with them, Hey, we're going to lead through this. We're not going to, we're not going to uh, be have anxiety attacks. We're not going to not think that things are going to, that the sky is falling. We're going to lead through this. And so for us, that just meant to be reminded that Christ has given us his great commission. He's given us the mission He's given us a a message. The medium is changing, but that mission still exists. It's why uh, for us, we have an outreach center that that serves all of Henderson County. And it's why when when it was time to be able to to share goods with people, we emptied our storehouses. We noticed that there was a, a lot of people that weren't able to be there. So what we did is we called every single one of those people so that they could receive the goods that we knew that they needed. Now, we also had to restock 9,000, almost 10,000 pounds of food. But all that is because we have a message to get to people. Now, going online, uh, that, that's not ideal, I think, for uh, long-term, uh, what the church needs and what, what she is. But we were going to lead through it. We weren't going to just uh, huddle in the corner and just hope the storm passes. We were going to lead the charge as a staff. Um, and so for us, I just kind of share with our staff, God has uniquely gifted us in this moment, in this time for these people to lead. So let's do it. Now, in all of that, one of our, one of our staff members shared, he just said, I hope in all of this shifting that we don't forget, we still are dependent on the Holy Spirit. And for us, that's been really key as we've uh, kind of led in this to go, Hey, we're still going to be preaching the gospel. It's good Friday is coming. We're still going to communicate what this evening means for us. We're still going to have a celebratory uh, experience on Sunday. It's just going to look a little different. And that has been consistent throughout all of history. One of the beautiful things we were able to communicate with our people on Good Friday, which I know that that whenever this, this comes out, but, but is this idea 
that this is the one moment that we can most relate to the first Passover. It's the one moment that we can relate to the first Passover because they were all quarantined in their homes in Egypt. They all had to stay inside as a family and have the blood of the lamb over the doorpost. And so for us, we've been able to really almost relate more to this moment in, in biblical history than ever before because we've been quarantined together. So we're just trying to lead through that and, and, and really to motivate our staff to be creative. You know, we often hear in churches, whether it be traditional or even contemporary, well, pastor, we've never done that before. And it's always given with a negative connotation. I have heard it a thousand times and you have too. And you maybe even said it. The beautiful thing in this moment for us is we're saying we have never done this before, but it's with excitement and anticipation. And, and the comforting thing in all that is there's a multitude of our peers who are at similar sized churches. Some are larger, some are smaller, who they're saying the same thing. We have never done this before. And it actually brings some great comfort. So then it has caused even in my own world and in my own spirit to be more collaborative with other people to go, well, what are you doing? And how are you doing that? And well, here's what we're doing. And they're, and they're asking us the same question. And I think it's made me a better leader because I'm, I'm a little bit more vulnerable with my faults because, Hey, we didn't, we didn't execute this. Well, let's change that. Or, Hey, we didn't do this well, or how did you do that? So the beautiful thing in this is that that's always been the case that we've had other contemporaries who are, who are walking through and struggling through different things, but our, maybe our pride or our ego has prevented us from doing or asking those questions. And so it's really helped us to remember, man, our, our mission hasn't changed. The mission has been the same since Jesus gave it to us in Matthew chapter 28. So let's keep marching forward with that. And I think it brought great encouragement and uh, actually some the, the wind in our sails uh, kind of were filled a little bit, if you will, uh, during this season. Yeah. yeah one, one of the things that I'm loving about it is um, my, my, so my, my extroverted self is starting to go just a little bit stir crazy at the moment. Um, I've, I've been good for like the first, you know, two weeks of this or whatever. And now like um, yesterday, I finally just hit that wall and I was just like, I, I, I got to do something like, you know, just, just going crazy. But, but one of the great things about it is, you know, if somebody, somebody says, Hey, you know, I really need to talk and let's, let's do a phone call or, or a zoom meeting or whatever. Um, and, and that question always comes up, when are you free? And, and right now that answer is, I mean, whenever, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously we're not going anywhere. Right. So you tell me, right? <laughs> um, but I mean, just, just getting the chance to connect. So we have, we have a guy who lives across the street from us who started attending the church about uh, two weeks before all this happened. And uh, so, I mean, he's, he's been on the live stream every week and, and that's given me the chance. I mean, now I just, I have all kinds of freedom to, to sit down with him and, and we can do it cause it's one-on-one -on, -one on my back porch and, and do some discipleship. And um, it's been, it's been a really, in a lot of ways, really weird. And, and, you know, we're all praying it's, it is um, very temporary, right? That, that soon we'll be, we'll be gathered back together, but, but I think we're going to look back on this and, and re realize the Lord moved in some really powerful ways when we were kind of forced to slow down for a little while. Yeah. yeah. Matt, if you will, I, I, here's, here's what we've tried to tell our people. The Hoosier one has not stopped because of no. this pandemic. No. In fact, it's probably even easier to share with your neighbor or share with your one and invite them to come be with you. Yeah. Uh, our, uh, our one that we're praying for as a family uh, he, he actually watched on Sunday 
and enjoyed it and said, I think I'll come back, you know? And I said, well, you don't have to go anywhere, but, but I'm glad. <laughs> the, the, the great thing is, is that it's just a reminder, hey, it's almost even easier right now to share and invite people because Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube are flooded right now with these mediums of churches that never were going to, like Bart Barber, to now are getting the opportunity to because of the situation. And so it's just a really, I know that there's a lot that are like, oh, this is really hard, this is difficult, but I'm, I'm finding like, this is actually a really exciting time in the life of our church, so. Yeah, and, and uh, one, one of the things that's kind of comforting too is, uh, per, particularly with you, uh, Dr. Kreiner, is, uh, you know, Spurgeon, within his first year uh, at his church, faced the uh, cholera outbreak. And, you know, a lot has been written on some of the things that he shared. You know, he already was having a lot of speaking engagements and stuff like that. And he pulled those back so that he could love on his people, lead them during that time, be with them during that uncertain time. And you've been thrown uh, to the wolves as, as well. A new town, a, a new church, a new staff, a, a new body of believers to, to lead and guide and shepherd and love. And uh, all within, I think this is your, uh, your eighth month. Uh, yeah. which, you know, that, that one month probably counts for a decade. Uh, but uh, that's given you a chance to, to lead and maybe get some buy-in from your folks during this time. And so why don't you talk to us a little bit about that, you know, kind of starting uh, the, the leadership that you need to be able to have as a young pastor and uh, how this maybe has been used by, by God to help with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've always been in my observation that, that it's going to require some type of moment or crisis or situation to really help you become the pastor of a church. I mean, you can have the title lead pastor or senior pastor, but we all know that does not mean you really are the lead shepherd of that church. There's, there's going to have to be some type of buy-in by people. And of course, anytime a new pastor comes to a church, there are some that automatically they're in love. They're going to support, they're going to encourage because that's, that's, they, they understand that's what the Bible calls of us to do. There's going to be some, and it happens everywhere, and, and I, I feel like there are so fewer of that here, obviously, who are just really on the outside. They go, I don't believe this guy. I don't trust him, um, but then there's that most of us are kind of in that middle to where we say we, we think we can trust him, but we're not sure yet. Now, I don't think a crisis uh, you know, develops your character. I think it just reveals the character you already have, so you know, crisis doesn't you know, create character. It just reveals it. And so for, for me, um, we've tried to really exercise this moment of our leadership to say, this is who we are in our private, this is who we are, how we're leading our staff, and therefore it's just really coming out naturally in how we're leading, leading our people. You know, in, in, a, in a moment like this, this is a great, this is a great moment for uh, any pastor, maybe you have a, a new church, where they can just, hey, this is how we're going to lead from here on forward. This is how we've been leading behind, behind the doors, if you will, but this is how we're going to be leading publicly, and, and this is who we are. This is how we're going to operate, how we make decisions. Because, you know, some, in some situations, I've, I've heard from some churches to where they need to make some very important decisions, but their bylaws restrict them from doing any type of mail-in or online voting. I mean, the bylaws explicitly say you cannot do that. Well, well what about in a pandemic where you cannot gather? So there's all these really unique things that are being faced with leaders. And this has been my experience. Um, I, there's three types of responses that you can have in these moments. Uh, one is you freeze. 
and we see this, right? We see a lot of pastors who have frozen going, I do not know what to do, or I think I know what to do, but I, 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 they, just, they just totally stop. They, 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 they freeze, they, they lock up, but then there's those, uh, they, they flinch. And we all know, we've all flinched before. Uh, you know, the ball is thrown in our face and we just kind of hesitate. And so there's this flinching of, I know what I should be doing, but I'm afraid to do it because I don't want to upset this group in the, in the crowd or these people or this leader. We've all been there. And those thoughts go through our head. Um, but, but I don't want to be a leader that freezes. I don't want to be a leader that, that even flinches. I want to be a leader that is a part of the fleet. Now, I say fleet, and you think of a, a, boat, a, a bunch of ships. What I'm about is being agile, being flexible, to say, hey, look, we're having meetings and planning things. And in the middle of that meeting, the CDC comes out with new things that we've got to change. And then to go, well, hey, we're extending this to the end of March. And then to go, hey, by the way, it's going to be all the way through April. And so even for us in our, in our group, we're going, okay, what if we can meet now in May or in June, but we are restricted to how many can meet? So we, we have to think through those scenarios. So with all that, I, I just say part of a good leader is being able to, to take all those different realities and not – not freak out about it, but to go, I'm going to trust the leadership of the Lord. He's not surprised by this. He's still the Lord of, of, of all creation. So I'm going to trust him with our decisions we have to make. Knowing that even in this conversation, there's been different decisions for our churches because we're in different contexts and we have different churches and God has uniquely placed us in those, in the scenarios. So this is a great opportunity. If you're a new pastor at your church, to exercise and, dis and to display the character that you already have to your people. Yeah. And, you know, I know one of the things Matt and I've talked about before is, you know, there was that like 24, 48 hour period where, where things were just changing so rapidly of, you know, from, um, okay, you can meet in groups of a hundred where, okay, great. That for us, that was perfect. So, so we met that Sunday and then it got dropped to 50. Okay, fine. So we'll do two services and, and we'll just tell folks, you know, we need to kind of evenly split this. And then it got dropped to 10 and we were going, 10 services, okay, baby. Okay. So like Sunday school classes, like do they still, and then, and then, you know, very quickly it got changed to five. And, and so, you know, when, at least in, in my case, once they extended that out, like kind of long-term, it was almost like a sigh of relief of at least, okay. That, that answers this question. And so we're not, we're going to have this whirlwind of making decisions and then everything getting blown up and having to come back to the drawing board. Suddenly it's okay for for at least an extended period of time. We know this is what's going to happen. And, and then, yeah, you know, now we're starting to have those conversations about, okay, um, do we order vacation Bible school material? Because we have, we have vacation Bible school scheduled um, that week right after July 4th weekend. And so you know, I, I just had that conversation with our, uh, with our kids uh, leader yesterday. She said, do I, do I need to order this stuff? And I said, well, you, you have the starter pack, right? She said, yes, I have, I have the starter pack. I said, okay, then let's hold off. And I said, we can always, we can always do a radically different VBS with just that starter pack if necessary, if, if, if we're able to do this by I July. Um, and so, yeah, you know, those, those long-term conversations now are starting to, to, to even be, okay, what does it look like when we gather together? Is, is it going to look the same as it did before? Um, you know, and, and is it going to be, it, are, are folks going to be kind of slow to begin coming back to large crowds? 
or, or are our church folks just going to like flood back in because, Hey, I, I need to hug somebody's neck. <laughs> right. And uh, it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting, I think, time of change um, when, when we can finally come back to. And, and what's also been great for, for, uh, I think all three of us would say this is message has stayed the same mission has stayed the same but it's probably gotten even broader because we, we have more people that are maybe tuning in. Uh, I, I was talking to y'all, I think, after the, uh, the, the episode that we did earlier. I've got a guy um, that lives near us that's been sitting on the porch of uh, his house having lunch during our drive-in service because he can hear it from there. We've got speakers or whatever. And this was a guy that said he'd never come to church. Uh, and, uh, and so we, we have a lot of people that are on the the porch, so to speak, of our, our ministry listening in right now, you know, maybe in the area that are tuning in for the first time. Uh, you know, Kyle was talking about the guy across the street. Uh, you, you know, Kreiner, you were talking about the who's your one guy that was tuning in and, and liked what he heard. Uh, this is a time to also be very intentional thinking outside of the box of how can we connect with, with those. Some of them we may not be able to find, you know, you guys, uh, have the the list that people can fill out if they're listening in for the first time. We haven't done anything uh, like that, but when I do the watch party, it shows who is is listening or or who's watching uh, during that time. And so I can kind of go to each of those profiles and see is this somebody in the area? You know, if they're in Abilene, Texas, you know, we've we've had some that have listened from from there. They're not going to be making the the drive to, to Mayhill. But if they're not a member of a church, and I know that, I can connect them with the church there in, in Abilene. But looking at those in our area that I know that don't go to ours, don't go here, don't whatever, but I can reach out intentionally and say, hey, we'd love for you to gather with us and, and learn more about you know salvation, whatever, and be intentional and find those opportunities. Because for us, on a normal Sunday, you got a couple of visitors, you give them the we're glad you're here book and the letter to fill out, you know, hey, this is where uh, we're, we're coming from. This is how we heard, you know, and you reach out to them on Monday. Now we need to find ways to maybe uh, capitalize on that wider audience that's tuning in um, for, for when we do get back together. Uh, and, and maybe that's going to be somewhat uncertain because we don't know when that's going to be. Um, but, uh, but it's a chance for us to still reach out to those that are tuning in. And I love what y'all are doing. Uh, with the the forms that they can fill out. That's a great idea, man. And so as we, as we kind of begin to wrap up, this is, as as Michael mentioned earlier, this is going live on Friday. Good Friday, right? It's a good, good Friday. There you go. I've been waiting like months to do that. It's the one day here we can do that. Right. So um, you're the worst. Michael, let's start, let's start with you. What are you doing to, as, as we celebrate what's going to obviously be a very different Easter that none of us are ever going to forget Easter of 2020. He's, he's right. wearing his crimson pants on <laughs> Good Friday uh, to, to remember the, the blood that flowed red, washing us white oh as snow. Gosh. And then on, on Easter, I've already found out he has the pastel, um, uh, pants that he's going to wear. It's like a baby blue and a baby pink, you know, kind of crisscross thing together. And, and so that's, that's what I heard. That's, that's the word on the street. Lies. All that's <laughs> fact, I intentionally did not wear those pants because I didn't want anybody to think I was trying to be too cutesy like Matt Hensley is with things like his orange Whataburger suit. So yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so good Friday. So what we've done, we try to think about the whole week, you know, families have more time to get than ever before. 
So we created a, a Holy Week devotion or Passion Week, if you will, but we call it our Holy Week devotions. And, you know, they read a passage together. There's some commentary with that. Uh, then there's a act, family activity. Now, if you don't have little kids, you don't have to do that, but they've been really helpful for our kids' visuals of, of the gospel. So we've been doing that every, every day. Uh, this week, Good Friday, uh, we chose to not do online communion. Uh, I know a lot of churches have. Uh, some churches haven't. I'm not getting into that, that debate. That's something Dr. Madison Grace, uh, a guy I went to seminary with, the greatest seminary in the world, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, he and I had classes together, so I love Dr. Dr. Grace. But um, some are, are coming, uh, you know, coming to it with theological reasons. We just said we would rather us be able to do this together. It's generally when we do it. So we, we are not doing that. But on Good Friday, we're doing a, a brief. I mean, it's like it's shorter than a Netflix show. A Good Friday service uh, at 7 p.m. On, on all of our different mediums that we use. And then, of course, Easter. Uh, however, I'm not doing a, a typical Resurrection Sunday or Resurrection Passage uh, text. I, I'm beginning a new series in the book of Colossians. And uh, so we're just dealing with the first two verses in Colossians because all that's in light of the resurrection. You know, Paul was sent out by the resurrected Jesus. Uh, so there's, there's implications of the resurrection, but it's not a, um, you know, up from the grave he arose uh, kind of uh, sermons. So that's some stuff we're doing. Uh, you know, I, we're realizing how important our Monday through Saturday ministries are to the life of our people. Yes, Sunday's important. Yes, Sunday matters. Yes, Easter matters. And I think one of the things that thrills me is that um, we won't have that posturing. Well, we will have the posturing. We won't have that type of posturing of, well, I had, you know, 10 million people at my church on Sunday. But now people are looking at those Facebook views thinking those, those are legitimate <laughs> views. And if I, if I may, I have one, one little rant. Please don't count the three-second views on your Facebook to make your ego feel better about how many people watch the service. If I have another pastor say to me, we had 2,000 views, I, I just might, I might Christian cuss. I don't know. I just... I, I am so concerned about the ego of some of our people that they're, they are promoting. We reached half a million people with our Facebook. No, you, you didn't. <laughs> Dang, have it. You did not. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, we, we, we didn't reach a million three second views either, but uh, <laughs> so, Michael, yeah. I will, I will, I will get off your lawn. I promise. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle's been messaging me every day. Now it's up to 200. Now it's up to three. I'm just kidding. Lies. No, he hasn't. Uh, what, what we did for, for Mayhill is, is we did a similar devotional deal for our folks uh, before this, because our Sundays, we, we don't really have the capabilities for everybody doing the zoom Bible studies and some of that. Uh, I've just asked the, the teachers to, to be calling their folks, maybe share what God's uh, teaching you in, in the word and see what they're learning. You know, just some, some ongoing conversations with your folks. So we're not having that dedicated Bible study time with our folks. And so Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I had been posting uh, a word. And I was just kind of basing a, a short devotional on a word, you know, trust or worship or whatever. Uh, this week, because it was Passion Week, Holy Week, whatever, uh, I did it, you know, Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday. You know, so the word was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, real creative. And, and then we just walked through the events of uh, that Resurrection Week, that Passion Week with, with our folks, some guiding thoughts, some things to do, uh, you know, each day, you know, 
read this passage, read this passage, pray about this. Uh, you know, on this day, I want you to call and uh, check on, you know, your Sunday school members. The next day is, you know, call, uh, check on your neighbors, you know, next day call, invite somebody, you know, kind of ongoing some things that they could do. Uh, Good Friday, we're going to kind of re rebroadcast or whatever the SBC uh, prayer gathering that's going to go live at, at noon central. If you're listening to this noon central today, uh, so 11 mountain time, uh, 10 Pacific or one East Eastern, I almost called it Easter time, Eastern time. Uh, the Southern Baptist convention is going live uh, for a prayer gathering and uh, with Ronnie Floyd and a few folks. And so tune into that, but we're going to kind of make that a church church event too, to be a part of uh, Sunday morning at seven, we have a sunrise service that was going to be at the RV park. Uh, this time it's going to be a bunch of uh, kids that are reading the resurrection accounts. And then I share a little devotional thought. And, uh, and so that's going live with its typo at 7 a.m. on Easter Sunday. And then we'll have our drive-in service at 11. And then we, at the same time, each of these weeks, we, we post the, the sermon online for those that don't want to get out. Uh, this week though, uh, Kyle, you don't know this, Mike, Michael, you might, but this week, uh, we're going to have both the, the sound going and FM transmitter going for people that want to tune in because we've, we filled our, our parking lot. We got in trouble with the uh, highway department because, you know, it's so full that we've got people kind of right on the right of way. And that's, that's a no, no. And the last thing I want in the middle of resurrection Sunday is somebody going to meet the resurrected Jesus. And so uh, we're going to have folks that can park up by the crosses and our overflow parking area. They can listen. They could probably still hear it anyway, but if they can't, or they're harder hearing, they can tune to the radio station and, and grab it too. So Kyle, what about y'all as we wrap up? Yeah. So we've, we've been doing weekly, uh, a couple of, of weekly zoom Bible studies. Uh, I'm leading one with, with our chairman of deacons. And then we have another guy leading one. So those have been ongoing. Uh, I guess this was the, I think this was the third week that we've done those. Um, and then for good Friday, um, we're, we're doing a, a live stream Good Friday service. Um, we're going to do, do a couple of songs and then I'm just going to read um, John 17 through 19, the Jesus in the garden and then in the, um, the through the, his arrest and the crucifixion story. Um, and so we'll do that um, uh, Friday night at seven o'clock local time. Um, and then just, just our normal is normal worship gathering on Sunday morning to celebrate the, the resurrection. And so uh, we, we did a video where we had, uh, I think five different members from our five different families from our church reading the, the passage for Sunday morning. Um, and so that I have like a three and a half minute video that I'll run right at the beginning of my message. That'll be uh, our church body reading the, the passage together. So that should be pretty cool. Um, but other than that, yeah, like I said, it's going to be an Easter that we, we never forget, you know, it's going to be, a, we're, we're going to look back at this one and, and, uh, ho hopefully finally, you know, as we, as we get on the other side of this, I hope we look back and the things that we remember are not, um, you know, that anxiety of we're not being able to find toilet paper, but, um, the, all the time that we got to spend with our family and, and for us, the board games that we're playing and the, you know, the family devotions that we're having and, um, family walks and tennis and, and all those things that we're getting to do right now. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting time for sure. And, uh, well, Kreiner, thanks for coming on. Sorry. You weren't wearing your, uh, your red pants and uh, really bombed. You're not going to wear that on 
uh, Good Friday. I mean, that'd be a great metaphor for, for what Jesus has done for us. Uh, you could have worn like a white top and just been like, you know, as red, <laughs> scarlet, washing us as white as uh, snow. Or you can just point a, to your a, face. A walking, but, uh, a walking, you know, one of those old bands that had like all the different yeah, colors on it. It's like <laughs> your own little WWJD <laughs> moment. But uh, we're, we're grateful for you and the ministry you have there at, at Rock Hill and uh, certainly praying for you during these times and uh, hope that your next eight months uh, are, are even better uh, because it couldn't be worse. Uh, <laughs> so we're grateful for you. Uh, but until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel we declare and have a wonderful Good Friday, Easter, and a great week ahead. God bless you all. This podcast has been sponsored in part by the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. There are a lot of great things happening on Seminary Hill, and so we encourage you to find out all about them at swibbits.edu after this short clip by Roy Fish. Again, that is swbts.edu. Have a great day, and God bless. People without Jesus are lost. And they're not only lost, but they're in danger of being eternally lost. The fact that people are going to be in hell if they don't somehow come into saving faith.